Welcome to the CC Podcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our radio preacher, Reverend Steve Kramer, and his message, He Did the Right Thing, and I'm Glad He Did. Question. Why was Jesus baptized, and what's the significance of it for you and me? That's what we're going to discuss today in our worship time together. We begin worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, as we leave behind the season of Christmas and step into the church season of Epiphany, we thank you for the gift of your Son to us, and we ask that you would open the eyes of our hearts to see him for who he truly is and to understand fully what he has come to do in our lives. Amen. Today's reading is from Matthew 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan, to John, to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. 
And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. It was only a few days ago that we celebrated the birth of Jesus, and now we fast forward 30 years, and we read of his being baptized by John the Baptist. This story puzzles many who read it. Perhaps you've even wondered yourself, why was Jesus baptized? 
he was sinless and had no need for repentance or cleansing from sin, which is what John's baptism was all about, that is true. So why did Jesus walk 75 miles from Galilee to Jordan to be baptized by John? It's a long walk, a lot of trouble to go through. Why was doing this so important in the mind of Jesus? I mean, even John the Baptist didn't understand. At first, he didn't want to do the baptism at all. He said to Jesus, you should be baptizing me. Well, here's Jesus' answer to John and to our question. It's the first words that come from his lips in Matthew's gospel, making this all the more significant. Jesus said, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. It is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. That sums it up. The baptism and his mission. This path Jesus is taking here is in harmony with God's plan for saving his universe. This is what God wants. Jesus has heard in John's preaching of repentance for sins and being prepared for the coming of the Mighty One, the voice of prophecy. He hears a message from God. It's time. And so he obediently comes to the Jordan River, submitting himself to John's baptism in order to fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill means to carry out, to satisfy. This is something God wants him to do. The past history of God's people had been one of turning a deaf ear to the voice of the prophets, but not Jesus. He comes to obediently fulfill God's will and intentions, to do the right thing in God's sight, which John is preaching. And in this baptism, Jesus is basically identifying himself with the sinners that he has been sent to save. Now, interestingly, in the Psalms and Prophets, that word righteousness is also associated with God's saving actions on behalf of his people, as well as the character of the long-awaited Messiah King who would come to deliver them. So Jesus is saying here that a deliverance is to happen through him. He's the fulfillment of all their hope. Jesus is declaring that he will carry out God's salvation plan. He will be God's tool to make all things right in this sinful world. So John gave in and immersed Jesus in the Jordan River. And what happened immediately? What happened at that baptism? Well, some amazing things, some affirming visuals and a voice. We're told the heavens opened up. And we're reminded of Isaiah 64, 1, where Isaiah cries out, Oh, that thou wouldst rend the heavens and come down. This is a fulfillment of God of Isaiah's prophecy, his prayer. The, the discouraging boundary between heaven and earth was beginning to dissolve. And the Spirit of God, descending gently like a dove, came to rest on Jesus. Now, according to the Gospel of John, John testifies that he saw all this. He must have wondered, though, where's the fire and the whirlwind and the woodman's axe to the tree of, of the mighty one that John, that, that I've been expecting? 
We already see here that Jesus brings us all kinds of surprises, just like he did to John, even to those who think they fully understand him. In this case, the ministry of this mightier one, which John had talked about, will not conform to his expectations. It's a good lesson for all of us as well. After all, Jesus is God in the flesh, and we are not. He's in charge, and we are not. So we cannot put our preconceived notions and expectations upon him. After the visual came, a voice from heaven proclaiming this extraordinary message, This is my Son, with whom I am well pleased. It's the voice of God speaking, for the first time in this gospel, testifying to the identity of Jesus, using the highest name and most profound title of them all, this is my beloved son. He's not just a great teacher or philosopher or a good earthly king. He is the son of God, this Jesus, who, and he's come to fulfill all righteousness for our sake. By the way, this scene is a first-time revealing of the Trinity at the River Jordan, of all places. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were at that baptism, just as they are at ours. The words God used in this passage are very interesting because they tell us of just how Jesus will be conducting his mission. The statement combines two Old Testament passages. The first is, this is my beloved son. It's from Psalm chapter 2, which is a royal psalm which was used at the coronation of Israel's kings. And it carries a promise from God uh, that to make the nations the king's heritage and possession, which thus encouraged the king and God's people who were threatened and under attack by enemies. So Jesus is royalty, a king, God's king. He's the fulfillment of God's promise to King David, a king from his line who will rule over his people and the nations forever, just as God had promised. He's come to be our king, to announce and establish his kingdom and rule over us. But he doesn't operate in the way we might expect kings to act. And the second half of God's statement points that out to us. He says, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. This line is from Isaiah 42. The first of the suffering servant songs, describing the one who was to come to serve, suffer, and even give up his life for the sake of his sinful people. So Jesus is a king, but he's a servant king who will suffer and sacrificially die for all sinful people. In fact, later on, he'll say to his disciples, <clears throat> the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and <clears throat> to give his life as a ransom for many. This whole event at the Jordan River has been referred to as an epiphany, a revelation, a, an eye-opener, which broadcasts 
heaven's approval upon Jesus, who has declared that he's come to fulfill all righteousness, to do all things right in God's sight, to carry out a mission. This epiphany is given not only to Jesus and to John, but also to us, the readers. Thank you, Matthew, for including it for us. It's there to awaken us to faith in Jesus as the Son of God, to encourage us to believe that Jesus will make all things right and bring heaven's blessings into our lives. Dr. Robert Smith, the great biblical commentator, writes, Heaven had been shut. The Spirit had vanished. And there had been a famine of words from the Lord. But ever since Jesus came to the Jordan, nothing has been the same. This moment was the opening of a new age brimming with unimagined blessings. I like that. Brimming with unimagined blessings. Like what? Well, most importantly, the blessing of a right relationship with God. Jesus, the righteous servant king, did not remain at the Jordan River. We know that. He entered into battle on our behalf immediately to save and free us from sin and death and the devil. He eventually died on a cross, taking upon himself God's punishment for our sins. The righteous one died for the unrighteous, you and me, to cover us with his robe of righteousness as we stand before God, making things right between God and sinful humanity. So he came to give us a right relationship through his suffering and his death and resurrection. But he also makes things right in our lives when we walk with him through life and become his disciples. Millions upon millions who have believed in Jesus and followed him testify to that. They say, nothing has been the same for me since Jesus stepped in and took over my life. Here's a couple stories of people. Good friend Carol writes, I tried to go it alone. I thought I could be self-sufficient and not need anyone. When hurtful things happened, I built up walls to protect myself and decided not to care anymore. Eventually, there was just me, and that wasn't enough. Then I asked Jesus to take over my life. Slowly, the walls came down. He brought love and trust and joy into my life. Now, he walks with me, and he helps me to understand that life is not about me, and now my world is continuing to expand as I follow him. And here's Russ. He says, I used to think that God graded on the curve, that if I did enough good deeds, he would accept me in the end, but I was never sure I'd done enough. My friends explained that we come to God by his grace through our faith based on what he has accomplished for us, not in what we've done for him. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. Well, the more I considered Christ's life and teachings, 
the more it all began to make sense to me. So finally I said one day, Jesus, I need you. Thanks for dying for me. Thanks for rising again from the dead. I want to accept your death on the cross as the provision for my sins. And I opened the door of my heart and asked you to come into my life. I heard no thunder. I saw no light. Angels didn't rise in the background singing the hallelujah chorus. And I certainly did not become a perfect human being overnight. But I began to see changes in me. I found a new inner peace and freedom from guilt. I found a purpose for living and the power to begin becoming the person I'd always wanted to be. Of course, my life is not without its problems and struggles, but with the presence of the problem solver, Jesus Christ, the load is easier for me to bear. Great stories of the Jesus making things right in people's lives. Perhaps you've got a story like that to tell about the blessings Jesus has brought into your life. I do hope so. And by the way, I'd love to read it. I invite you to write it down and send it in to me at christiancrusaders.org because that'll enrich my faith life as I encounter your faith story with Jesus. And if you have not received Christ, I encourage you today to ask him into your life, to give you his eternal life and rule over you. Open up that heart of yours. And Jesus, the Son of God, will give you amazing stories to tell of the blessings he's brought into your life since you started following him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the righteous one, Jesus Christ, who came to rescue us from sin and death. Thank you for our own baptisms in which you affirmed us as your own. Through your Holy Spirit, continue to work in us so that we might be righteous in your sight and please you and do your will. Amen. In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise In the morning when I rise Give me Jesus Give me Jesus
Let's pray the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over you, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. Hi, this is Matt Reister, Executive Director for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're here to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention two podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The CC Podcast Daily Dose features short devotions from an overview of the Bible and the CC Podcast Conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. In fact, here are some excerpts from those interviews. Here's Ron Gruber, a former motorcycle gangster and murderer. But I grabbed that thing, and after I, I got myself psyched to a point, and I mean, I cracked that hammer back and put it against my head, and I, I heard it just like you and me are talking. Don't kill yourself with that gun. 
you kill yourself with me. This is Christian singer-songwriter Michael W. Smith. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's one, and you don't like God to humble you, and I've been there. It's not fun. (laughs) I'd rather do it myself. And here's Michael W.'s fellow Christian artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And Mm. I feel like when people say, man, your music has encouraged me in my faith journey, it always just reminds me, again, of how God can use just about anything. You know, he can use a hillbilly from Kentucky. And here's former Hawkeye and current NFL player Ike Butker. I just remember running routes. Me and this this one other kid are running routes. I don't like to talk great about myself, but I destroyed anybody that they put up against me. Like, <laughs> I, dro- I didn't drop a single pass. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running radio ministries on the air since 1936. We are completely donor-funded, and donations are tax-deductible. They can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time. And until then, may God richly bless you.